Hello, Christ Central. My name is Simon, and I will be your podcast host this week. You're listening to the Thai Five. This week, I wanted to spend our time having daily devotionals in the book of Ecclesiastes. Pastor Jason mentioned how this was his favorite book in the Bible, and it's one of mine as well. That's saying something. It's, it's probably one of the few things in life that we both like. But all this to say, it's a fascinating book. It is dark, and it does portray life to be very bleak, so much so that some have even questioned why it's even in the Bible. But at the same time, it's real and honest, and it's what we need to hear. Before we get into it, uh, I wanted to give some brief context The author is traditionally viewed as Solomon, however, recent scholars have noted that it probably isn't Solomon, but rather someone trying to take on Solomon's persona. To be safe, it's probably best to just refer to him as Kohelet, which is what he calls himself. Kohelet in Hebrew means to gather or collect, specifically referring to gathering people for corporate worship. So in other words, Kohelet means preacher. The word Ecclesiastes also says the same thing. Ecclesiastes is the Greek translation of the Hebrew word Kohelet. Ecclesia in Greek means church. So basically Ecclesiastes means the one who speaks in the church, aka a preacher. I could go on, but I think that's sufficient for now. Let's get into it. Today, we will go through parts of Ecclesiastes 1 and 2. This book starts with a famous line, Vanity of vanities, all is vanity. In verse 14, we get clarity on what's going on. The preacher says, I have seen everything that is done under the sun, and behold, all is vanity and a striving after wind. This is a man who has everything, power, money, wisdom. He lacks nothing. Surely he must be happy. And yet he looks at his life and concludes, all is vanity. In other words, something isn't right, and it irks him. Before I went into ministry, I was in accounting, and one of the biggest things in accounting is debits have to equal credits. The problem is, it it never does. In school, they give you a practice problem, and you plug in all the numbers, and you're so sure it's done right, but at the end, it doesn't balance out. So you have to go back and do it again after hours and hours. You finally give up and you add a column called miscellaneous. It's so frustrating when you know something is wrong but you can't figure it out. That's life for the preacher. And so what does he do? He goes on a quest to try and figure it out. Verse 13, I applied my heart to seek and to search out by wisdom all that is done under heaven. In other words, is there a way to live life to make it good? Is there something we can do or have to fix our life? If you're following me, then you should know that that we're all rooting for this guy. Maybe there is some sort of secret. Maybe there is something we can do to make our lives meaningful and worthwhile. Let's see if he figures it out. In order to try and fix the vanity of life, 
the preacher tries four things. First, he tries to seek out knowledge. Verse 16, I have acquired great wisdom, surpassing all who were over Jerusalem before me, and my heart has had great experience of wisdom and knowledge. What if you got multiple PhDs? What if you became super smart, became an expert at everything? Maybe then life would be complete and worthwhile. But he concludes, I perceived that this also is but a striving after wind. For in much wisdom is much vexation, and he who increases knowledge increases sorrow. I envy people who are naturally smart. I was one of those who had to drink a lot of coffee, try to grind it out. Being smart would be great. But I think we all know, just because you have a lot of knowledge doesn't mean your life is put together and everything is good. It doesn't work like that. Knowledge cannot save us. So next he tries pleasure. Chapter 2, verse 1. I said in my heart, come now, I will test you with pleasure. Enjoy yourself. This is what I want to try the most. What if you could have anything you wanted? You could host a party every day with the best food, music, drinks life has to offer. You could travel the world first class, see all the great sights. Money isn't an issue. You can chill out, grab some ice cream, watch Texas football on a big screen TV. Anything you wanted. That would for sure bring satisfaction and fulfillment in life, right? Well, the preacher says, verse 11, all was vanity and a striving after wind and there was nothing to be gained under the sun pleasure cannot save us I think we know this you could look at the lives of the super rich it's not perfect in fact you could argue they sometimes have it even worse so then he tries living wisely verse 12 so I turn to consider wisdom and madness and folly let's live uprightly as possible don't do anything foolish this is living your life according to every self-help book available. Be the best you. And he does conclude that there are benefits to this. Verse 13, Then I saw that there is more gain in wisdom than in folly, as there is more gain in light than in darkness. But notice what he says after verse 14, And yet I perceive that the same event happens to all of them. Then I said in my heart, What happens to the fool will happen to me also. Why then have I been so very wise? Eating healthy, working out, having good relationships can keep us healthy holistically. These are good things, but it doesn't fix our lives. Last thing he tries, work. And immediately we see that he hates it. Verse 18, I hated all my toil in which I toil under the sun, seeing that I must leave it to the man who will come after me. And who knows whether he'll be wise or a fool. Yet he will be master of all for which I toiled and use my wisdom under the sun. This also is vanity. There is some sense of accomplishment and fulfillment that we get from our work. We were created to work. But if we make our work everything, at the end, it's going to disappoint. No one on their deathbed is going to think about that project that they could have done better or that promotion that they should have gotten 20 years ago. Here's my point. The preacher was right. All is vanity. You may think, you know, if I won the lottery, everything would be great. My life would be complete. Or if I got that job, that internship, that promotion, that relationship, I would be fulfilled. But it doesn't work like that. All is vanity and a striving after win. What do we gain from all this? 
It may sound really depressing, but there's actually a lot to learn. What this shows us is that we need more than just helpful advice. We need good news. We need more than a therapist or a guide or a motivator. We need a savior. This text points us to Christ. He is the only one who can offer true salvation because he is the one who removes the vexation, the sin, the fallenness, the brokenness, the vanity by dying on the cross for our sake. But not only that, only through him do we have real hope and satisfaction because he earned righteousness and was glorified. Death is not the end. And he gives that salvation to us freely when we follow after him. I remember a conversation I had with my mom growing up. She said one of her big regrets is not being able to give me more things. We were never rich. We never went on family vacations or anything like that. But I never missed a meal. And I never really thought about where we lived or what we had or didn't have. It wasn't a big deal. But now I get it. I want to do so much for my kids. I want them to have every opportunity. I want them involved in lessons and clubs. I want them to visit different places and get the best education possible. I feel behind. And there is pressure to try and do as much as possible. There is an urgency to try and make the most out of life. But this text reminds us to relax. It lifts that burden of, of constantly trying to make your life extraordinary and fulfilling, which is vanity anyways. And it brings us peace, knowing that Jesus has done the work. Is there something you're chasing after? A void you're trying to fill? I encourage you to chew on this passage and be reminded of the only true comfort and hope that we have. That's all for today. Thanks for listening. We will be back tomorrow to dissect another passage from this great book.